Hi, this is Alana Terry, and you are listening to Season 6 of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. The audiobook for this season was voted on by our Patreon community at patreon.com slash Alana Terry, where for as little as $3 a month, you can get free ebooks and audiobooks, and all the money that we raise is being donated to Liberty in North Korea and their Underground Railroad for Refugees. This season of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast is being sponsored by my newest thriller, Save Me Once, which is the story of a mother trying to bring home her lost little girl. And today, our Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook that we're listening to is Frost Heaves, an Alaskan Refuge Christian Suspense novel by me, Alana Terry, narrated by Becky Dowdy. I hope you enjoy it. Chapter 34 Jay didn't realize how badly she needed a caffeine infusion until Ben mentioned coffee. She hoped he wouldn't be too long and tried to convince herself that her impatience was only because she needed help waking up, not because she was anxious to see him again. Des was too perceptive for her own good. The truth was, Jay did find Ben attractive, and the more she'd gotten to know him, the more she found herself wanting to spend time with him. Yesterday, she would have told herself that was just the crisis talking. Her world was in shambles, her daughter missing, and Ben could help her find her daughter. But even now that she and Des were reunited, Jade found herself wondering if she'd see more of Ben in the future, hoping their paths would cross more often. It was silly, really. What did she know about him? They went to the same church, and he was a Christian. He'd told her a little bit about his past, and in some ways they shared common life experiences. Both had lost their fathers. But in other ways they were the exact opposite of each other, and always would be. It would never work. She shook her head. She should just be thankful that God had protected her and her daughter and focus on making the time leading up to Christmas as joyful and happy for Des as possible. She wasn't planning on going all out on gifts this year, but she was going to find money somewhere. Even if all of Des's toys came from the second-hand store, Jade was going to make sure this was a Christmas she wouldn't forget. The phone by Des's hospital bed rang. Jade didn't know if she was supposed to pick it up or not and gave a tentative, Hello? Hey, it's me. Aisha, how'd you find out where we were? I called Ben, and he gave me the hospital room number. Is now a good time? I have a few minutes. Jade eyed the doorway, wondering when Ben would return with those coffees. I was so happy to hear you found Des. Is she all right? Oh, yeah, she's fine. Getting some hot saline in an IV, but her temperature's coming up, and they'll probably send us home today. That's great. Will you need a ride or anything? No, we'll be riding back with Pastor Reggie's family and Ben. There was an awkward pause. Oh, so is he with you now? He just stepped out to grab some coffee. Another somewhat stifled, oh. Aisha cleared her throat. Well, we've all been praying for you. Last night, Mrs. Spencer organized a prayer vigil at the church. It was really special. I'm just so sorry you guys went through what you did. Ben said it ended up being your old pastor's wife. 
Jade wasn't sure how much Ben and Aisha had been in touch and resented the small, unwelcome rush of jealousy. Who cared how often two adults decided to talk with one another? He was probably just filling Aisha in so she could pass along any prayer requests to the church. You couldn't blame him for that. Tell everyone back in Glen Allen thanks for the prayers, she said. I will. And, hey, I wanted to ask you something about Ben, if it's not too awkward. A nurse stepped into the room and started fidgeting with Dez's IV bag. Listen, someone just came in. I've got to go. We'll talk soon, though, okay? Jade didn't know what Aisha had to say to her about the trooper, and wasn't sure she wanted to. She hung up the phone and watched the nurse inject a syringe into Dez's IV port. What's that you're putting in there? He cleared his throat. Just some antibiotics to help with the infection. Jade frowned. Nobody said anything to me about any infection. He kept his face turned slightly, but there was something familiar about his profile. That's all here. Got to check on another patient. He gave a weak wave and turned to go. Jade wanted to stop him. Where had she seen him before? He didn't look like one of the paramedics who transported Des here. Hey! She watched as he turned around, keeping his gaze focused on the floor. Where's our regular nurse? He glanced over his shoulder. She'll be here soon. Something wasn't right. I want to talk to the doctor. He looked relieved. Sure, I'll go get him. Mama? Jade turned toward her daughter. Not now, baby. I feel funny. Jade jumped to her feet and rushed toward the nurse. Hey, get over here. What did you put in there? The stranger started sprinting down the hall. Jade hollered for help. She hated to let him get away, but she wasn't about to leave her little girl. She grabbed the IV, trying to figure out what button would turn it off or how she could stop the flow. Help! She screamed again. Dez's former nurse ran in. Jade was breathless as she tried to explain. He put something in the tube, then ran away. The nurse bent down over Dez's hand and disconnected the port. Jade heard a commotion outside, but was too busy praying for her daughter, watching as Dez's eyelids fluttered and her head rolled lifelessly to the side. Chapter 35 Jade had never prayed more intensely in her life. Several workers had been called into Dez's hospital room, and Jade was forced to wait outside. Nobody knew what drug the man had injected into her daughter's IV, but it was making her heart rate drop dangerously low. Jade turned her back to Dez's window. The curtains were drawn, and it was too painful to try to strain her eyes in hopes of making out what was going on. Please, Lord, you didn't deliver her out of those woods just to let her die here. I'm not ready to lose her. Jade's whole body was trembling. How much suffering was one little girl supposed to endure before God decided it was enough? She thought back over every sin, every time she'd lost her temper or yelled at her daughter. Was God punishing her for those things? Had he decided that Jade was an unfit mother, so now he was going to take Des away? 
You know I can't live without her, she prayed. Maybe that means she's become an idol to me, but I can't help that. If you want her with you in heaven, you may as well take me too, because that child is my only reason for living and breathing. She thought back over all her former plans, college, law school, advancing social justice, Remembering how upset she'd been that her pregnancy derailed each and every one of her goals, she was ashamed now to think she would ever have preferred her education or career over being the mother of this precious, precocious baby girl. If you want to take her home, Lord, you're going to have to fight me for her. Even as she prayed the words, Jade knew how stupid they sounded, but she couldn't help herself. If God's only plan was to take Des away from her, he should have let Sapphire kill them both back at the cabin. She became aware by degrees of a figure standing next to her. Is this seat taken? Ben held out a cup of coffee. She shook her head. I heard about what happened. Do you know what's going on in there? She shook her head once more, not trusting her voice to hold. The good news is security apprehended the suspect. She didn't respond. What did it matter unless the man was willing to tell the doctors what he put in her daughter's IV? Want your coffee? Ben asked. No. He sat beside her quietly, and it wasn't until Jade let out a heavy sigh that she realized she'd been holding her breath. Should we pray? Ben finally asked. Pray? Right now? Did he actually think she'd been doing anything else? She turned to face him and croaked, Okay. Chapter 36 We've got your daughter's heart rate back to a safe range. The doctor poked his head out of the room and held the door open. Do you want to come in? Jade jumped to her feet. I'll wait out here, Ben said. I've got some calls to make anyway. Jade rushed past the doctor as he explained, She'll be groggy for a while, but she's going to be fine. Jade hurried to the bedside and grasped Dez's hand. You hear me, baby? Mama's here. Dez's eyes fluttered open. Mama? Yeah, it's me. Mama, I want to tell you something. What's that, baby? Des took in a breath that sounded far too labored for a healthy child her age. Jade glanced at the nurses to see if any of them looked concerned. Who would have done this to her baby? Who would have dared? She squeezed her daughter's hand, praising God for the warmth and life she felt. You're hurting me, Des complained. Jade forced herself to loosen her hold. Des was lucky there were still so many other people around. Even with the crowd, Jade was half-tempted to crawl into bed and smother her daughter in kisses. What did you want to tell me, baby? I'm right here. The doctors have given you really good medicine, and your heart's going to be just fine and healthy, and everything is under control. You're safe now, so you can tell me anything. What did you want to say? Des opened her eyes wide enough for Jade to see her rolling them dramatically. I wanted to say that I think you should ask Officer Ben on a date. That's all. Chapter 37 
Well, here it is. Ben stepped into the room, balancing a cafeteria tray in his hands. A can of soda for the patient, a bowl of soup for mom, and a fresh cup of black coffee since that first one didn't really go as planned. Jade took the tray from him. Thanks so much. Did you get something for yourself? I ate earlier. Jade didn't want to admit that she was disappointed. Sorry it took me so long to get here, he said. I've been going back and forth with hospital security and the Anchorage police, trying to fill in all the gaps so everyone knows what's going on. What is going on? Jade asked. I'd like to know myself. Ben sat on the stool, stretching his legs out from under him. Well, the guy you saw really is a nurse here, but he's also a member of Morning Glory International. Does the name Caleb Hooten mean anything to you? Hooten? Jade repeated. Yeah, their family was one of the really vocal ones when we went to the police. She didn't say any more. Ben sighed. We're still trying to decide if he acted on his own or not. Jade didn't respond. All that really mattered was that Dez was feeling better. She was safe. Ben stared at Jade eating a spoonful of soup, then leaned down toward the hospital bed. Hey, kiddo, he whispered. Mind if your mom and I step outside for just a minute? Dez drank a sip of Coke from her straw and grinned. Why, do you want to kiss her? Desiree Rose Jackson, Jade snapped nearly choking on her food. Dez shrugged. It was only a question. Jade didn't have the courage to meet Ben's eyes. She set her bowl of soup down and followed him out into the hallway. What's going on? He turned to her, his eyes full of seriousness. I heard from the search and rescue team. They found the spot where you shot Sapphire. Jade had been waiting for this. Even though it was clearly a case of self-defense, Jade had shot an unarmed woman. She'd also killed Gabriel back in the cabin. That wasn't the kind of thing you could simply walk away from. How much trouble am I in? she asked. Do I need to find a lawyer? He looked confused. What? Oh, no, that's not it. Then what is it? Her stomach churned at the worried expression on his face. It's Sapphire. The rescue team discovered the spot where she fell. They saw the blood, but they didn't find a body. In fact, they were able to follow the blood drops for almost a quarter of a mile. What's that mean, exactly? It means Sapphire survived. She's still alive. Thanks again for listening to the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. You've been listening to Frost Heaves by me, Alana Terry, narrated by Becky Dowdy. Today's episode is sponsored by my newest Christian thriller, Save Me Once, about a mother's courageous attempts to do everything in her power to rescue her daughter from a life on the streets. Again, that is Save Me Once by Alana Terry. And I hope you join us again soon for our next installment of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast.